Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on current events. What a concept, what a podcast. You've tried the rest, now try the best. 2021, fresh for the new year. It's Election Profit Makers. My name is David. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Starly. Hello, Starly. Hi. And also John Kimball. John, are you on the line? Yeah, hey. John's growing a beard and it looks pretty good. John, why don't you tell us about your coffee ground experiment? Well, yeah, I tried to dye my beard with uh, coffee grounds. Why? Uh, I just wanted to see. I wanted to see if it's so bright white. I wanted to see if I could take a little bit of that whiteness out of it. I can't use any type of hair dye because I have vitiligo and it will, apparently it will make your vitiligo go crazy. So that's um, something I didn't want to try. So I tried coffee grounds and I just basically rubbed my face in a bunch of coffee grounds for 10 or 15 minutes this morning. Made a big mess. Didn't do anything. Was this your idea or had you read that this could work? Was this on Jeff's beard board that you read this? Yeah, I probably read it on Jeff's beard board years ago. And I was like, oh, I just want to try it. Were they wet grounds or dry grounds? They were wet. Yeah. I feel like it would turn a beard yellow if it did work. Yeah. Like how it turns your teeth yellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a tannish. If it didn't look good, though, it, you know, it would probably come out, I would think. It's not like dye where if you screwed it up, you then your beard is dyed that color. But you would have to have those couple days where it looked bad. Well, I don't go anywhere, and if it looked bad, I'd just shave it off, you know? Wow. It's not a huge loss. I think you shaving your beard would be a huge loss, and I think our listeners agree. Everyone who listens to this podcast on their headphones when they're doing various activities or washing the dishes and they have it on their Bluetooth speaker and their spouse is like, turn down that infernal podcast. I'm so, so tired of hearing that hilarious podcast. They all love to imagine your nice white and or yellow beard brushing up against your microphones as you advise us on how best to invest our predicted money. So please don't shave your beard yet. Okay, John? Okay. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to hang in there a few more weeks. Okay. Maybe until I get the vaccine or something. Oh, (laughs) we have a lot to get to this week. A lot has happened since we spoke to you folks. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Joe Biden, who is still the president, met with some uh, Republican senators to discuss a bipartisan compromise COVID relief bill. It's music to our ears. Now, of course, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, as we know them as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from the classic play Hamlet by William Shakespeare, they are not part of the 10 GOP senators who have offered this compromise bill to Joe Biden. They're trying to call Joe Biden's bluff about unity by saying, why don't you just take our piece of shit bill and pass that through and then we'll all be united because everyone will hate us. Wait, so there's a piece of shit bill right. and that is bad, but Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley are not even supporting the piece of shit bill. Right. They're just no on everything. They could have leverage in that arena, but obviously they choose not to exercise that leverage. And it sounds like Biden doesn't even, and Pelosi and Schumer, they don't want anything to do with this piece of shit bill. I have to say, Joe Biden is, I'm kind of feeling Joe Biden. I'm kind of feeling Joe Biden these last couple weeks. Good. You know, we used to, I used to be a little, a little judgmental of of old Joe and and thought that all his talk about bipartisanship and unity was going to gum up everything and that everything would be sacrificed in the in the service of his nostalgia for a Senate that no longer exists and a bipartisan 
comedy that no longer exists or frankly would even be appropriate. You shouldn't be civil to these maniacs trying to overthrow the government based on a bullshit. But Joe Biden really his I'm like you can keep saying all that stuff if you know if that's your love language bipartisanship and getting along speak on it. As long as you turn up your nose it's Senator Collins offer like say whatever you want, man. That's terrific. I really do think that maybe they did learn the lesson of 2009, those early days in the Obama administration when Obama was like, I'm so smart, everyone will get along with me. I was the president of the debate club at Harvard or whatever, president of the Harvard Review. And then then, then he got romped over and over again and spent his entire administration learning that the Republicans do not give two flagrant flying fucks about bipartisanship. I don't think he would have learned the lesson if he had come right after Obama. Maybe you're right. I think it's the true colors the Republicans have shown in the Trump administration, and especially these last, the, the months leading following Biden winning, that he was just like, uh, no. My initial worry about Biden was that he was going to be really set in his ways. And I actually think he's listening and open to doing things a little differently because he's, because he's as grossed out as we are by these people. I hope it's true. And obviously the $1,400 payment, which then adds up magically to a $2,000 check because we have to remember when we received $600 <laughs> 7,000 years ago or whenever that was, mm -hmm. that's not terrific. But if he holds the line and is just like, fuck all of y'all, we're going to pass this COVID relief bill through reconciliation rather, and we're going right. to force the federal minimum wage up to $15 an hour, and you guys can go home to mommy, then Biden's going to be like my number one favorite president certainly of the last five years. So Biden's doing that. And then the impeachment trial is about to start next week, right? The 8th slash 9th, yes. When Mitch McConnell was first pushing off the impeachment trial, it felt to me like that was, it was going to, it was so far in the future. I, I can't believe that episode is already here. Um, <laughs> we've had so few days without having to think about the old president. And now we're going to be back to th having to think about it. But so th that's going to happen. And then how many, you don't think there's going to be enough Senate votes? Uh, 67 votes? No, I don't think we're going to get, I don't think you're going to get that many Republicans to uh, vote against the mad king of the swamp. So they're just all, they're just going through with it to get points. Now fucking Tim Kaine's out here saying we should censure him. That's easier than impeachment. We can censure him. You can't, that would be the biggest turn on for Donald Trump to be censured by Congress because he lives for violating norms and being scolded and getting away with it. That would be the best thing for him would be for them to do this toothless gesture of condemnation with that allows him to run for president again. I don't know, man. They should have done the 14th Amendment. You mean the 25th? No, I'm not talking about the 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment is like, that's so two years ago. I don't need Eric Garland up in my timeline talking about the 25th Amendment and hold, <laughs> on, to your, hold on to your hats. They're going to have the 25th Amendment. I'm not talking about that. But you got, okay, you're talking about him not being able to run again, but you still have to impeach him before you do that, don't you? You have to impeach him first, and then you have to vote on whether he can ever run for office again because just being convicted alone mm -hmm. isn't enough to bar him from office. Forget everything I said about amendments. I didn't mean the amendment. I misspoke. I meant the U.S. Code Section 18, dibble-dabble symbol 2383, rebellion or insurrection. That's what I'm into. 
Whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws thereof or gives aid or comfort thereto, mm, Josh Hawley much, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both and shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. Now, maybe that's the condition under which they're trying to impeach him. It does seem like to me they could just make a new clause up for this like, if you're a president who encourages insurrection, you don't get a run again. There's got to be a rule. There's got to be some, like, they do some, like, Morgan Freeman going to the library late at night studying, and they find that clause. Like, it, I don't understand how that is the hard thing. I'm, the impeachment, I get why that has to have lots of checks and balances. and Right. But how could it be that hard to make it so that, that he just doesn't get to do that again? They're not studying hard enough. They're not looking. They're not, they don't want it badly enough. There, I said it. I think the thing I don't understand is why these Republicans, where it's in their self-interest to get rid of Trump, won't secretly at the last second go all in on banning him from running again. That's what I don't understand. If you want to talk about the ban wars, why don't they learn something from election profit makers? <laughs> None of these fucking Congress people listen to our podcast. Do a ban war on Donald Trump. And I know the GOP, there's, there. you think Ted Cruz, this amoral, power-hungry... Loser, if he knew that with one vote, he could forever clear his political career from Donald Trump running against him, I think even Ted Cruz would vote for that. They could wipe him out forever politically. He only cares about increasing his power, you know? Do you think Ted Cruz really believes he he would win presidency? I think so, yeah. He grew a beard, man. I mean, he grew a beard. I know. He'd be our first president since... Grant? No, not Grant. Maybe, um... Teddy Roosevelt, maybe? He had a mustache and sort of mutton chops. He'd be the first one with facial hair since him, at least. Mm. I'd be for Cruz being president for that. John's identity politics flare up again. He wants, as a person of beardage, he wants to see representation in the highest office. Exactly. What's the predicted potential for the, the impeachment? Is there anything good there? So here's what we have. How many senators will vote to convict Donald Trump on incitement by April 29th? We have many, many brackets here. 67 or more, which is how many senators it would actually take to get the job done, you can buy yes at five cents, you can buy no at 95 cents. So according to Predict It, impeachment conviction will not happen. The priciest yes brackets, this is B3 and 4, are right in the low to mid 50s. So we have bracket number three, that there will be 53 or 54 senators. Now keep in mind, According to this market, Kamala Harris, as president of the Senate, does not count in these tallies. So B3 means that you would have three or four Republican senators who would sign on and vote to convict. That's trading at 34 cents, yes. So that would be Romney. Right. Let's say it's Romney, Collins, and Murkowski. That gets you to 53, and that is trading at 34 cents. The next bracket is 55 or 56 yes votes. That's also trading at 34. It's going to be one of those two brackets. It's got to be. What happened in the Senate, the House impeachment, was that you just waited until they started to vote, and then you saw which market was going to win, and you and you got in low, and then you rode that wave. I am not playing any impeachment markets at the Damn moment. Damn it, John. The whole podcast lives or dies on you being involved in these goddamn markets. No, I'm in I'm in those uh, other markets. I'm going to watch the impeachment waves as they come. 
All right. Well, you know what? If you two are not going to play in this market right I now, I'm going to do it. I'm going no, but I'm going to do it right now in this moment because live betting. But I learned my lesson on that now. The new predictive model is think done deals that you then make sure bets on. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet no on B2. I'm going to bet no that the number of senators who vote to impeach, it will not be 51 or 52 senators. What's that going at for now, right now? For how 88 much? 88 cents. I'm, I'm buying 100 shares. Submit offer. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes, shares traded. I'm in. That's a 12% return. Let's see if we, who makes more money off this? Your method okay. or my method? I love it. That's a side bet. Okay, I'll do a little side bet with you. Who will make more money all told? Is it at, in terms of absolute or percentage return on investment? I think it should be percentage return on yeah, investment. percentage return. Okay. Who, who will make more money off the impeachment situation? Kid Midas or Starley Quinn? Yeah. What are we betting? What's our, what's our bet? Hmm. The winnings? <laughs> no, that's, that just got so real. No, I can't afford that. I can't do that. I was hoping it would be like a handmade a handmade gift certificate that you'll take them out to dinner when the pandemic is over. Okay. <laughs> like, just please let it be a handmade gift certificate or something. I can't, I've been handing out so many handmade gift certificates in my life because I never... <laughs> <laughs> Dear Mo happy Mother's Day, Mommy. This gift certificate is good for two washing of dinner dishes with no complaints from your loving son. It needs to be on that level, Starly. It okay. can't be additional money. Okay, this will be um, dinner once the pandemic ends. At a, Inside. At a Inside. Indoor dining. This is indoor, like you got, is it indoor dinner? Yeah, you got a lot of time before you have to okay, cash so in I on can this. Start, I can start my little fund, my little indoor <laughs> dining fund yeah. if things go south on this impeachment market. But I don't want to hear about you like doing like anti-masker protesting or <laughs> to delay to delay Yeah, to delay yeah. the pandemic ending. These maniacs I don't want to hear who are protesting any... outside Dodger Stadium so they had to shut down COVID vaccine. Oh, I would have been pretty yeah. happy if I've been in line for my vaccine <laughs> and there were all those people out there. No, I won't do that. I promise, Starly, that I will not undermine public health <laughs> just for the sake of having more time to save money to take you out to a nice dinner should the case be that you make more money on the impeachment market than I do. And that's my word. Okay. All right. So I'm in. I'm in. I already have almost $100 in this market. Okay. Oh, boy. What's that impeachment going to be like? I, I might, You know what? I might turn on the cable television and watch some of that impeachment. It's going to be a lot of video, apparently. They're going to show so. a lot I hope of they, video. I hope they fucking shove video down the throat. I mean, to be very crass about it, I hope they show that cop getting beat to death by those right-wing maniacs. I hope they show everybody chanting, hang Mike Pence. I hope they show people saying, my president told me to be here. I hope mm -hmm. they show people saying, where are the Congress people? We got to get the Congress people and show the fucking dipshit galas they set up in front of the Capitol and scaling the walls and the, the MAGA guy literally pissing on the side of the Capitol. Show it all. Show the that fucking dipshit who thought he was a buffalo running around inside the Capitol. Let the Republican senators have to look at all that shit and then turn around and be like, well, actually, we don't think it's a big deal. Or, no, no, this is all Black Lives Matter. Come on. They will. They're going to they're gonna say it was a big deal, but this is, this is uh, not constitutional. That's what they're going to do. They're going to say it really is bad, but we can't do it. Yeah, this is bad. It's time to move on. Yeah. Oh, U.S. code. Oh, my U.S. code. Why don't they activate my U.S. code? S section 18, dibble dabble 469 or whatever it is. John, that's enough about yeah. impeachment. I know you're impatient and you want to get to the high stakes, high octane cabinet markets. You're impeachant. 
Ooh. Yes. Try it again, Starley. I think you were almost there. Just uh, You can smooth it out just a little. Impatient. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was it. Oh, wordplay. Where would Nailed we be it. without the, our love of language? PG Woodhouse up in here. I love it. Sparkling wordplay of Starly Kind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, talk about these damn cabinet markets. Yeah, well, we got a ton of these cabinet markets. We got um, Buttigieg is apparently going to be voted on tomorrow. God damn it, fuck my life to hell with Satan's tongue a thousand miles down my throat. I got so wrecked on this fucking Pete Buttigieg market. Oh, God. I mean, you know, these are tricky markets. They all resolve on the first. The first of March, we should be clear. The first of March. One month from today. And you've got impeachment, you've got the budget that they're going to be dealing with, and you've got these nomination and confirmation markets. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I got to be honest that I'm in a few of them that I bought at like 96 cents and I don't know, I don't exactly know what I'm doing here. I don't know how smart that is. I've been like just kind of turning them over for like eight or nine bucks. Um, You're just playing the churn. You're churning right now. Yeah, I still don't know how smart that is. Um, and you're underwater in all these, right? When I, I mean, you want to talk about Moses, man. When I when I <laughs> look at this page, it's nothing but the Red Sea. Talk about underwater, red arrow after red arrow. Pete Buttigieg, I'm drowned. I'm, he drowned me in red. Well, how much are you down? I want to see the actual red. Because speaking of actual red, I was down like $500 for a long time because of the popular vote market having not resolved. So it's been sitting there forever. That was one that I, I did not do well. And it finally resolved in the last 24 hours. So now I'm only down $21. Hmm feels good. Did you make money off of it or are you just pro-keeping? No, no, I did not make money off of it. I mean, I made money overall. We know. But that was one that was sitting there in the red um, for the longest time. So I was mm. glad to see that finally resolve. What I would like to do is explain the way I've been playing the cabinet markets by reading a listener email we received at contact at electionprofitmakers.com that really calls out my own behavior. Now, this listener, Daniel S., had no foreknowledge of what I have been doing, but I think his analysis is spot on in terms of a model as to what you should not do. I'm going to read this now, okay? Go for it. He says, these cabinet confirmation markets are wild. And he put wild in all caps and then hand-spaced one blank space between each of the four letters of wild. So that word is popping off even in plain text. These cabinet confirmation markets are wild. Some of the most fun I've had on Predicted. So we know this is a this is a nerd who's writing us. Huge swings come every time they schedule a hearing and weekly rounds of panic when nothing moves on a nominee. Just when you think you're safe because the Senate is in recess for the week, a political reporter's Friday night tweet that centrist pud Marty Walsh is getting a hearing spikes his market by like 20 cents. There is so much low information investing that there are big waves to ride. Plus, with the general election markets cashed out, the comment sections really only have the degenerates left on them. It's a true 2.30 in the morning at the bar crowd. These cabinet markets are mostly about the March 1st cutoff date, and they all have eccentricities that make for a lot of informed investment opportunities. For example, I'm long on Deb Holland, Interior, and Marsha Fudge, HUD, no, 
he says, on both those positions because James Clyburn came out in December and implied they wouldn't get votes until after the Louisiana special election to preserve the House majority. Then there are confirmed positions that have extra long waiting periods or require hearings before two committees. Then there's the Merrick Garland market. He says that market was over 90 cents until this weekend, all based on his name brand, despite not even having a hearing scheduled. And here's where Kid Midas got a little nervous because that's the market I'm in. Who shall be the attorney general confirmed by the Senate on March 1st? Merrick Garland, I got in at 78 cents. I said, he's famous. That's a sure thing. I always bet on the celebrity. That will happen. Well, I had 200 shares that I paid 78 cents for. Now they're at 70 cents. So I'm underwater. It might not happen by March 1st. You have to pay attention to these deadlines. And I just don't care about deadlines if there's a celebrity involved. Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland, I know him. I'm so dazzled by Merrick Garland being the attorney general because I hear about it every damn day on Twitter. Everyone's talking about Merrick Garland being the attorney general. I said, this is a sure thing. 78 cents, 22% return on an investment. I'll, I'll ride this to Mars. I'll ride this to Mars like these GameStop people. I mean, it probably will happen. We've been hearing about Merrick Garland for five years. Merrick Garland's one of the first names we ever learned as Americans. Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland. I mean, think of how Merrick Garland feels. Oh my God, he must be so sick of hearing his own name. <laughs> and he's been so sick of, of hearing like, it'll happen. <laughs> right, right. Just a little right. bit longer, Merrick. He's, <sighs> he, he, he's probably the one front-loading this market, just trying to believe in the possibility of movement in his own life. I hope the first thing he does when he's attorney general is change his name to Doug Flounce. Just some weird random name that we never have to talk about Merrick Garland again. So I thought that they had scheduled a February 8th hearing, but now I'm reading there's now a letter that the Republicans are blocking the February <laughs> February I'm 8th so, hearing. I'm so frustrated with Merrick Garland. <laughs> Let him just be in the cabinet. Their kink is blocking Merrick Garland. They, 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 you're right. They fucking hate that name Merrick. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Maybe it's not even ideological. It's just something about that name Merrick. I mean, it is yeah. a mouthful. You really have to articulate. They, they, they got into politics to block Merrick Garland. Republicans are so up, turned upside down about their identity at this point. The only thing they know for sure is they are the party that blocks Merrick Garland. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, in a way that isn't far from the truth. Remember when they had the Republican National Convention and there was just no party platform? It was literally just like whatever President Trump wants to do. Like, what are their policy positions these days? Own the libs. Yeah, own the libs. Like, the GOP should change its name to the Bubblicious Party because they're all about gumming up the works. Could that be something? <laughs> that was good. Could that be? That was Maybe funny. I'll try to do a Comedy Central special up biting um, political satire. And I think that's part of what Biden is realizing because they are so irritating. It's so clear they can't do anything else but obstruct and be nuisances at this point. Oh, wow. You know what? That's, that's, that's harsh, but they are truly nuisances at this point. <laughs> They're a bunch of nuisances. So, John, in your cabinet markets, how much of it is based on the celebrity or likelihood of the cabinet nominee getting the votes? And how much of it is based on the date of March 1st? It's all based on the, the date, at the moment. Because we had another listener, also named Daniel, who wrote in and asked that question. 
He said some of the markets are at low values, like 50 to 70 cents, yes, because people think they won't be confirmed by March 1st, in particular due to the Trump impeachment trial. So it sounds like a lot of people think the impeachment trial is going to push cabinet confirmations past March 1st. There's just really no way to predict. Damn it all to hell. That is the wrong answer, John. Give me a different answer. There's no way to predict anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything could change. You see, John is, ever since Predict It became the place after the election where the, the, the only money you could get is by pre-ordained situations, John doesn't know how to predict anymore. Yeah. Well, I know how to do Predict It. It takes, you actually have to do a little work. No, we, I, wrong answer again. No, wait, 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 wait. I think we, and I can admit that it, it was getting pretty easy there in the last few months. You didn't have to do anything. You got a little soft. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit that. I got lazy and it, now it's like, oh, now I got to actually Google stuff again and spend, you know, 30 to 40 minutes as opposed to just one second. And uh, some days I don't want to even spend the 30 to 40 minutes doing it. Um, wow. But the truth is that's still not a ton of work to Google, you know, how long uh, or when the particular scheduling is or what it's been in the past. Or you know, who is Merrick Garland? <laughs> or who, yeah. who is Garland? <laughs> This new zippy hatchback has really gone to your head. <laughs> yeah. He's getting soft. He's getting lazy driving up these hills instead of having to push that old-ass clunky Subaru up those hills. He called me the other day from the McDonald's drive through window. Like he, was, like he was in a rap video being like, hey, man, I got you on Bluetooth in my car, hands-free. Hold on just a sec. I got to order this. Can I have a fish filet and a Diet Coke, please? Yeah, that's exactly what I ordered. I was like, who is this guy? This explains the coffee grounds. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to do this. Uh, I read about Gwyneth Paltrow said you could smear wet coffee all over <laughs> your beard and make a nice full brown beard. Who are you, John? Who have you turned into? Wow. John Kimball, the 1%. Wow. Hanging out with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan at comedy clubs, spreading COVID <laughs> yeah, to Dave Chappelle or whatever's happening. Naming, naming your baby IX694 point <laughs> pie, whatever they did. John, you have to reconnect with the streets. You have to reconnect with your humble, your humble compatriots. And you have to help us make money on Predicted, even if it takes 30 minutes a day of being on the internet, which I know you hate to do. <laughs> I know that you hate to spend more than 30 minutes looking at a screen. <laughs> I know you would much rather be whittling or darning socks or messing with candles, right? Yeah. So tell us now, in the spirit of transparency, what exactly do you have invested in the cabinet markets and what's your advice for our listeners? Uh, I'm not, my advice is to uh, not to, to play any of these right now. Oh, well, now that? what that is happening? This whole not... podcast is <laughs> collapsing. They're too expensive. Me. They're too expensive. You know, I'm in the Janet, I'm in Janet Yellen right now. She's at 97 cents. I wouldn't advise anybody to max out on that and for, you know, $27 and potentially something happen and you lose $850. You could just buy a hundred shares, you know, and make $3. Oh, but can I say one thing? And this is actually your own advice that I always forget, but let's mention it again. Don't buy a hundred shares, buy 101 shares. Right. Because right. when things get closer and if you're riding waves and you 
and you want to sell, don't get locked out. Always have that extra share. And it's easier to remember to keep a share in a market if you buy an extra at the top, buy 101, buy 201, buy 301. Because if you buy 100, you'll never remember to only sell 99. It's a mistake I've made over and over again. So I just want to put that out there. Good advice. Thank you. The other market I'm in is uh, Senate confirmed director of national intelligence, Haynes. But that's at 98 cents right now. Lower it. Get it lowered. Do some work to get it lowered. Spread some information. Oh, we're going to do some pumping and dumping here? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some GameStop stuff. Get your Reddit Reddit army ready (laughs) to start shorting all these things. Slash R. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it. Oh, my God. I was reading on the energy on Reddit when that GameStop stuff was going on. I've never seen so many emojis and inside jokes and all caps. You get on Reddit. Oh, of course. I love Reddit. I look at Reddit for like three hours every day. It has a – it has – you, there's really? all these interests on Reddit, yeah. People, people, people post their pedal boards and then everybody rags on their pedal. You know, there's like, like here's my new board setup. What do you guys think? I think it's pretty good. And they have like all, you know, all these pedals and then everybody can say like, oh, that's great. What's the Strymon like? I've been meaning to get that. But then there are other, <laughs> then there are other communities where they just make fun of the pedal heads and they'll post like, <laughs> like a Tic Tac container and a coffee can and be like, yeah, I'm thinking about my new board. What do you think? Oh, the, the. Reddit, yeah, Reddit has everything. Has everything you could ever need. I, I never figured out Reddit. Oh my god, it's, it's a so, terrific it's so website. clunky and, and, <laughs> and uh, oh, I'm going to R slash Beards right now. I'm oh, check yeah, so he's gone. Get so John's gone. Bye bye, John. Go home to Reddy. He's gone. Because once you go into Reddit, it has everything. Type something into Reddit, and you can search about so it. It's like the world's most magical bodega. Whoa. It is. Because you know when you go to a really good bodega in New York <laughs> and, and you're just like, right. it can't have everything, but it does have everything. You always find like a dusty can of something. Right. I need some top. ramen noodles and uh, tennis. I mean, I've bought, I bought old instruments at bodegas, just like random. Like <laughs> yeah. I went to, a, I was in, a, where was I? I can't remember what neighborhood it was, but I went into like a, I don't know if it was a 99 cent store or a bodega. And there was just this old, old keyboard, a used keyboard, and it felt like the family just put it out. And they're like, yeah, we could try selling this. Like, it's not part of our normal stock. And I bought it for like $3 and and took it back. It's like one of the most beastly circuit bent keyboards I've ever... I thought it was like going to be a good keyboard because I thought it was a Disney keyboard. And then when I was on the subway with this huge honking keyboard, I realized that some kid had just put a Disney sticker on just some no-name, cheap-ass Chinese, you know, keyboard monophonic. It had like 88 keys, but it was monophonic, so you can't play chords on it. It's just like, it's like almost a full-size keyboard, but you could only play one key at a time. Oh, I opened that thing up. Oh, my God. It was made all these insane growling noises. Then I was in Maine. No, I wasn't in Maine. I was in upstate New York driving around with some friends, and we passed by a lawn sale, and I saw the very same keyboard. I said, please stop the car. I have to buy this keyboard. This is one of the greatest keyboards to circuit bend. Up in the Hudson Valley yeah, region? Yeah, around the Hudson Valley region. Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay. You just move enough boxes of macaroni and cheese around, and eventually you'll find a keyboard. Right. That's what Reddit is like. That's what Reddit Mm -hmm. is like. So anyway, GameStop, a lot of activity. It's very interesting. Finances in the the stock market. It was been in the news. We just had to cover it. We had to address it. We had to explain it. And we've done that. So let's move on. Yeah, we are the ultimate explainer of GameStop. Consider that the Mm -hmm. ultimate explainer, what you just heard. Yeah, a lot of people have asked if I am involved in it. I mean, they've (laughs) said, are you playing this GameStop? And I'm like, absolutely not. I have uh, no clue. 
how to, to play the GameStop madness. They thought Long John Silver loves to have fun and he loves markets and he just loves being of the moment and plugged in. Right. And that's what right. the, ga- the GameStop thing really does have that spirit. You know, Mike texted me and said, are you in into this? And Mike actually was looking at getting involved. In fact, he played a little joke on me. I said, no, I'm not involved. And I said, are you? And he said, yes, I've been locked out of my Robinhood account that I have $52,000 on the line that I'm about to lose. <laughs> it's a pretty good joke. He, right? he got you, yeah. That would I be know, a, he did get me. I was like, Mike, situation. are you serious? He's like, nah. No, he wouldn't do that. He's too responsible. Maybe I would if I had that kind of money. I had that McDonald's drive-through Bluetooth hands-free telephone money. I might, I might get some GameStop. <laughs> enough, enough about GameStop. I'm already sick of it. Mm. Can we do a listener question? Mm-hmm. I feel like the energy of this show is very chaotic and fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Listener question from E. W. Robinson. John Kimball, what is your opinion of the Gastonia, North Carolina skyline? And should they add a 300-foot-tall statue of James Worthy downtown as a tourist trap? Answer, John. Yes, they definitely should add that uh, a James Worthy statue to the Gastonia skyline because it is lacking right now. I would say that the Gastonia skyline is on par with Burlington, North Carolina right now. I mean, I think the tallest building is maybe seven or eight stories. It's not great, and and it, nor should it be. Gastonia is not a big, not a big city. Uh, but I think I read recently that in Gastonia, they are tearing down, just like they are in a lot of places, tearing down a Civil War monument. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be a perfect person to replace this. James Worthy, Gastonia's own. James Worthy. Yep. A classic uh, UNC Tar Heel men's basketball player led the team to the 1982 national championships. You want to talk about beards. I mean, he was one of the first college basketball players I ever saw to have a beard. You know, he was the first player that uh, Dean Smith allowed to have facial hair. What was so special about him oh. that he got to do it? I didn't know you know, that. I always heard that James Worthy said that he had some sort of uh, skin condition. Now that I'm older, I'm like, mm, I wonder if that's true. And... Coach Smith was just like, you know what? He's James Worthy. If he wants to keep the beard, he can keep the beard. That's how Starley and I feel about you because we had a no yeah. beard policy on this podcast. And then yeah. it was like, but it's John. We gotta oh, let and him. you're allowing me to do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, when I asked if I could grow one. No, you guys only John mixed. can grow yeah. one. James Worthy had an amazing beard. Yeah, he did. It was incredible. And when you think about it, he was like 19 years old. I can't think of a single, actually, I could think of one. Luke May recently had a beard for UNC, but that's really the only person I can think of between now and 1982 who had a beard. But pro players have beards, right? Yeah. I mean, James Harden has a, his beard is terrific. Why can't college? What's the difference? They can. Raymond Felton had a little bit of a beard. But you said James Worthy was the first one allowed. What was the policy? Well, I think, you know, it was a different time, the early 80s. You know, they were still back in the, coming out of the 70s and the 60s. And he was, Dean Smith oh, they, was not they a They wanted only mustaches. They were insistent on mustaches. They loved you know mustaches what? in the 80s. They might have allowed, because Chris Brust. Oh, here we go. I don't know if you remember that name. He had a mustache. Officially the greatest episode of Election Profit Makers ever. <laughs> let's let's right? get into he, this Chris Brust, the memories and, of and, Chris Brust. And Mike O'Corin, I think, might have had a mustache. Chris Brust mustaches, Steve Hill memories, <laughs> 1980s UNC basketball facial hair. Do you know what I have? This is... <laughs> 
We have to put this behind a paywall. This is too good to be given away for free. This should be a Patreon episode. This is hot fire. Every single moment of this episode has been an instant classic. What do you have? I have Chris Brust's warm-up jersey. What? For UNC, yeah. From the 80s? Yeah. Did you get that from our I friend do. who works for the no, athletic maybe, department? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Wow. How often do you put it on and wear it? No, oh, I don't. No, I don't. I don't put it on at all. Have you ever? No, no, I don't think I ever have. But I laughed when it arrived in the mail. They were, you know, they do some cleaning up every once in a while, and they go through things. And you know, Chris Brust's memorabilia isn't particularly valuable. <laughs> So this person said, oh, I know someone who would appreciate this Chris Brust uh, and sent it to me. And I got a huge kick out of that because it took me back to when, you know, I was a little kid looking at Chris Brust. It reminds me of an old saying about trash and treasure. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Chris Brust's warm-up jersey is gold. If your name is John and you're from a certain era, this warm-up jersey is better than a brand new Ferrari. Try to get Ferrari to rhyme with. Mm-hmm. That was good. Oh, I'm looking him up right now. He looks amazing. Okay, this episode yeah. is so tight. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners are love the people who always leave comments on and say, "I thought this was about invest." And here's investment. I wanted an investment advice. These people are talking about fucking Chris Bruss. Yeah, we are. Well, I've got an actual picture of Chris Bruss right here wearing the warm-up the jersey. The warm-up jersey that you have. Yeah. Do you remember it? It, would, they, it said like U-N-C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes more sense than if it said U-S-C. That would be amazing if they had the wrong school on it. Where do you keep it? In a safe? Ooh, that was a good question. No, it's in, it's in, it's in my closet. Um, Hanging? Is it in plastic? No, no, it's not, <gasps> it's not. It's just naked in the closet? Yeah. And you just like, when you're picking out your clothes, you just like shuffle past it and you've never once yeah. put it on? I, no, I think it's in a bag. You think it's in a bag? I might have put it on. <laughs> I might have put it on. <laughs> then, okay, the next time we do a Patreon potluck dinner, you better show up in your Chris Brust warm-up jersey, okay? All right. It's top and bottom? No, it's just the top. Oh, just I wish the top. it was a onesie. What if you had Chris Brust <laughs> practice onesie? Oh, my God. Can you imagine how cool that would look? Starly, do you have any missed connections updates? I do. I do. Let me look at my document. Okay. I'm going to start with a really exciting misconnection update. It's from Regan. Do you remember Regan? Yes. Mm-hmm. We connected her with Dan Bun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hi, Starly, John, and David. Just wanted to give you an update. Dan and I are about to have our second Zoom date, as we hopefully will complete a crossword together. Dan is a fun and funny individual, and it has been a joy to email each other almost daily since Starly connected us. Whoa! After not dating over nine years, I was quite nervous, but our first Zoom date was just a relaxed and comfortable conversation that instantly put me at ease. Killing it. After nine years, I would be freaking out. Yeah, totally. I'm impressed. Yeah, me too. Though it is strange we met through a podcast and are in different time zones, it has been lovely to connect to someone through a mutual love for comedy, bad movies, good books, and 8-bit ringtones. Thank you, Starly, for putting in the energy through misconnections and creating a sense of connection in this time of uncertainty. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. No mention of Chris Brust, though, huh? No mention of Chris Brust. I still, I'm, I'm excited for them. And a second date is a good sign. And also daily emailing. 
That's chemistry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak out of turn. I haven't gotten word yet if they've completed the crossword together. That could be the thing that tears them apart. If you know, yep. if they don't. If they're competitive or, yeah, if one of them is like, oh, this person isn't that smart. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah. So we wish them continued luck. Okay, now I have, here are a few that um, wrote to us in response to 15-year-old Josh, who is seeking some new friends. Right. Now, um, we've gotten some other messages from people seeking misconnection friendship. And um, I think the policy for now with friendship, this is, Josh is different. He's 15. It's often, it's, some of these people are like, who've written, have are in, like they're married and they're looking for a friend to do a specific thing. I'm going to connect them through the messages. I'm going to write to them and connect them and see if they want to be friends. But So if you don't hear your message about seeking for friendship, you'll hear from me, but it won't necessarily be read on the show. Understood. Josh, though, is special because he's 15. He's got questions about life and about where he is in his life. And so... Well, also, I'm a lot of the people writing have someone in their house during quarantine. And so I'm kind of focused on the loneliness of quarantine. So it's not that... It's not that you're going unnoticed right. or unresponded to, but just so you understand kind of my, um, the method here, the methodology. How's that for a policy? I think that's a great policy. My first, it's one of my first policies that I'm enacting in my new administration. Bipartisanship and unity be damned. Just ran that through <laughs> through executive order, Starly. Just steamroll everybody. Yeah. I don't even know why I ran it by you guys. It's my decision. (laughs) (laughs) So, good morning, election profit makers. I'm writing on behalf of my 15-year-old son, who doesn't usually listen to podcasts, but was willing to listen, (laughs) but was willing to listen to Josh's letter after I told him I thought they would make good friends. My son is a ninth grader in Minnesota, very outgoing on the internet, but quiet in person, getting along surprisingly well with his older brother and younger sister this far into quarantine. Interested in video games, especially defunct ones animation and music. I know I'm his mom, but I think he's the kind of person anyone would be happy to have as a friend. And he's also feeling the isolation of being separated from people from school. He's very funny. And when things were normal, he loved being on the yearbook committee because it let him exercise his creativity. He has a couple of close friends, but hasn't seen either of them since last March. Can I add a comment? Something I just thought about? Yeah. What the fuck are yearbooks going to be? Are there going to be yearbooks? They're probably going to be people sending in their own. Oh my God. Zoom, Zoom screenshots. That's what they're oh. going to be. That's horrible. Oh, my God. I just hit me. The, the high school yearbooks of the COVID era. Mm. Oh, that really just brought it home for me for a second. God damn. Did adults fuck shit up for kids very much in the past 11 months? Good God. And I worry that they're going to be like, yearbook's the kind of thing that they'll try to make an argument doesn't have to come back. Yeah, like working in an office or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it does have to come back. I'm bring back the yearbook. So I'm going to connect, I'll connect her son, um, who should want his name to be used, with Josh. So that's one potential new friend for Josh. Uh, then we got another one. Hello, Starly, John, and David. My name, is, uh, my name is Josh. This is from a Josh writing to Josh. I'm a 17-year-old EPM listener from London, although I now live in the Wait, UK. Wait, we have a British teenager listening to this show? Oi. I'm so ready to get into this. I lived in England for a little while. Well, yeah. you can, so you're listening to, you hear it through an accent. You hear his accent when you listen. Absolutely. Although I now live in the UK, I was born in Virginia and lived there for almost three years while my dad was working in DC. I'm sad to say I don't remember anything from my time in Virginia 
and I don't have any exciting American City skyline stories to relate. No, not if you were in Virginia, you know. Ouchie, wouchie. Wow. Virginia is canceled. (laughs) Had I been born a year earlier, I would have been eligible to vote as an overseas citizen in the primaries and the election last year, an opportunity that I was very sad to miss out on. I also wish I could have done more text and phone banking for Democratic candidates, but many volunteer opportunities asked for a U.S. zip code and the times on difference made it difficult to schedule shifts around school, which was in person from September through December here. I feel like Josh has put a lot on himself. He doesn't, we didn't, our American electoral yeah. system yeah. is not, it's not actually on Josh. It's not Josh. Yeah. He doesn't have to prove to us that he. Don't worry, Josh. You're a good, you're a good bloke. You're a good, oh, you're a good go. egg. Here we go. See, this is, okay. How long did you live there? How long did you live in England? Oh, uh, let's see now. Uh-huh. Let me think is that back. a Cockney accent you're doing? Oh, God. You got any money? <laughs> okay. Let me check my kibbles and bits. That's Scottish slang for my memory. Oh, Let me Scottish check my now? kibbles and bits in the Wayback Machine. Okay. I lived in Brighton, that is to say the University of Sussex, from January through late June of the year 1993, and then I spent my afternoons hitchhiking from southern England, Sussex, all the way up to the northernmost point in Scotland. I hitchhiked the entire length, or should I say height, of the island. It's a terrific Memory. I even went to Loch Ness to pay a visit to a certain aquatic resident living therein. I'm referring, of course, to the one and only Nessie. Unfortunately, I spent an afternoon with my camera lens trained on that placid body of water to no avail. That's a pity. Nessie was too shy to make herself known. I did think I was going to spend the night in a culvert after missing a late-night train. I stuck my thumb up on the side of the highway, was picked up by a kind-hearted young man who, it turned out, was a student of motivational speaker Tony Robbins. This kind young man deposited me at a B&B with a pub attached that had closed for the evening, but this Tony Robbins acolyte was so persuasive the family welcomed me with open arms. I'm pleased to say many pints were enjoyed that evening, as well as my first ever tongue sandwich. That's right, I quaffed a lager and ate a sandwich made of nothing but tongue and bread. A wonderful memory from the Isle of Great Britain, sent with a warm heart and a Cockney accent to young Josh enjoying life in England. Take it easy, Josh. I'll talk to you later. I am Kid Midas, the original wave rider. I I don't... University of Sussex. Studied philosophy. Introduced to the thoughts of Ludwig Wittgenstein and Walter Benjamin. The work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. What does it mean? What is a television show? Is there an Oberlin, like, sister school? They were starting a sister school with my alma mater, Oberlin College in Ohio, Liberal Arts College. This was a brand new relationship, and I was the first of two envoys to go from Oberlin to the University of Sussex. So how many months did you spend away from Oberlin? Oh, not uh, too many, too many. I couldn't wait to get back. I don't think that means that you're true... 
Oberlin. Well, I'll tell you this, Starly. My fucking alumni magazine came last week, so I kind of think I qualify as a true Obi. Along with Lena Dunham, Ed Hills, <laughs> Avery Brooks, and many other stars of Academe mm. and the stage. So what does British Josh say? Moving on. I felt I had to respond to the misconnection missive on your most recent episode after my fellow teen, the born and raised American Josh. I empathize very much with the struggle for social contact and friendship as a teenager, something I went through myself due to social anxiety. I have a great love for maths. Maths! Okay. And a very casual interest in astronomy. I am pursuing a physics degree when I head off to university mm-hmm. this autumn. That's what they call college. Between the words maths, university, and autumn, I somehow imagine David is now mocking my Britishness and saying posh things in a British accent. Wait, did he write that? Yes. What? Yes. Are you serious? Yes, he knows you. He has your number. He knew it. Yes. Wow. This guy needs I'm to get about to retire from this podcast. <laughs> I'm about to retire. I can't believe this kid, Josh, knew exactly what I was going to do. My little funny British accent bit. Wow. He dangled the carrot. And I took the bait like a big American idiot. That was bait, mate. Wow. And you took it. Wow. Classic mate bait. And I'm stumbling around St. Paul's Cathedral with my dumb fanny pack and my blue jeans and my white tennis shoes. Where does the queen live? I want to see the qu- Piccadilly Circus. God damn it all to hell. Well played. Um, I'm even fortunate enough to have recently received an offer to study Oxford University, which I still can't believe. I can believe it. Oh, wow. That's one of the major, major universities in England, Oxford. Over well, 200 years old. Oxford University of England. Okay. Beyond that, I'm a keen runner, a terrible guitar player. No pedals, I'm afraid. All right, this dude's getting on my last nerve. (laughs) You can feel a little bit superior to him for that, I guess, David, if you need something. And a nonstop podcast listener. If Josh would be interested, I'd love to be matched as a friend with Josh in what may be the first international election profit makers match. Do it. Josh, connect with Josh. America and England. Sister City. Bipartisanship, fellowship across the seas. I don't know if 15-year-old Elijah has gotten in contact, but I strongly endorse David's suggestion of joining your local hard-left organization. Elijah hasn't gotten in touch. I'm sure Elijah doesn't listen to our podcast anymore. We got so neoliberal and so centrist during this election. (laughs) I'm sure he's left us behind. So, Josh and Josh. John, have you ever been to England? Yes. Oh, is that when you had your big Europe trip with your family? 1989. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And one more letter to Josh. Dear election profit makers, I'm Levi, and I'm a 13-year-old from Oregon. Wow. World Antifa headquarters. Oh, right. Uh Uh-huh. I'm replying to Josh's friend, Misconnection. A little bit about me. I like board games, but not video games, particularly Dungeons & Dragons, Magic the Gathering, and Catan. I also have a 3D printer, but I'm still figuring it out. Um, I've listened to Election Profit Makers for a couple months, but my mom has listened to it since the first season. I like libraries, bookstores, Stranger Things, Star Wars, Geography, and Cats. God damn, this kid, this, that was baller. That was so declarative and specific. All right, this kid in Portland running the local Antifa chapter, I give respect to this kid. I am also strange and awkward. I too am clumsy as I hit my head on the top of my bunk bed while writing this email. I'm hoping we can help each other and I can make a new friend. Sincerely, Levi. Damn, hook it up. I lo- that's good vibes right there. I also like that he didn't make a little joke about how I was going to make fun of him in advance and then sit there and have <laughs> me do my whole fucking bit 
<laughs> this fuck, I realized that was a knockoff of Steve Coogan. That's the accent I fell into. And then this kid's probably sitting over there in England rubbing his hands together with glee. He took the bait. He took the bait. That American middle-aged idiot took the bait. I mean, classic. Typical colonist. That was a honeypot right there, man. I fell into a honeypot. Then we have Dear Luxion Profmaker's crew. As a member of the Wine Cave Patreon tier that unfortunately had to miss the potluck, I'm hoping that I can cash in on my membership by sending in a misconnection request, but not for me. My younger brother, this is a first. My younger brother, Dan, is a 30-year-old man living in Austin, Texas, looking to connect with a woman. He started out in photography, but got his master's in speech pathology. Is that what you just did, David? Speech pathology? Is that what you... I'm catching it coming and going over here. And now works with kids, especially those who stutter. I have a friend who does that. I know someone who does that. That's cool work. It's really interesting. Yeah, we both stuttered growing up. He's an amazing uncle to my three kids, a new dog father of a boxer, Bernie, and a profoundly good dude. I am sending this request with his consent. For Christmas, he got me a rad framed picture of Daft Punk, my favorite musical artist, and our dog, a light-up LED collar after I mentioned month previously that I was taking a lot of walks late at night. I think this speaks to how thoughtful he is. Yeah, that was a good gift. Wow. Good brother right there. He's politically engaged and loves camping and bike rides and dogs, of course. He has dated in Austin, and the longer relationships have ended when the women moved away for professional pursuits, all amicably. Quarantine life and living alone have made it difficult to get out there, and so I'm doing what I do best talking about what a good guy my brother is to anyone that will listen. I hope I'm not too late to get in on the growing... EPM Missed Connection Universe, but I've added a $100 donation to the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services to sweeten the pot. Greasing the wheels a little. (laughs) Oh, I like the way he thinks. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So that's um, his brother, Dan. Another Dan. Brother Dan. Austin area ladies, if you're interested in learning more about Thoughtful Dan... Write to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. So then, then we have a letter a letter from Bill. Hello, my kind, wise wave leaders. A good college friend and I recently realized we were both nuts for EPM. He immediately said that I should reach out to Election Profit Makers Misconnections, presumably because I'm ripe for the love connection that can only be made when two people listen to the same podcast. I had procrastinated for a week and a half, but the truth of his suggestion inexorably wore away at my unwillingness. And now here we are. My name is Bill. I'm a 39-year-old man in San Francisco, and it'd be nice to meet a woman in San Francisco. This COVID tide has shattered my introverted resistance to the necessity of person-to-person connection in the real world. Left with nothing but social media and Slack, I can see how empty they are and how much better a masked thrill through land's end is. I even moved in with a roommate, which I swore I'd never do if I could afford not to. So it'd be nice to meet in person. I like that, by the way, like, that he sh- he really is craving human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I, who am I? I grew up in Missi- Mississippi and lived most of my life in Atlanta. I sing a cappella for my wonderful weirdo church here. I write and record and play songs, and I pay the bills programming Android app for a big tech company that you would know but not hate. Whoa, a big tech company that we would know but not hate. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Raytheon. Yeah, Raytheon. We definitely are down with Raytheon. Raytheon or Palantir, my two favorite tech companies that I love. Mm-hmm. No, it's, you know what? It's probably Korg or Boss. It's a pedal manufacturer. 
It's got to be. <laughs> I think he, if it was a pill manufacturer, he would say you would know and love or something like oh, that. that's true. He said not hate. If, we, if any of those guesses are right, Bill, you can write us and say we guessed right. You don't, we don't have to say which one, but let us know if we guessed right. I also have a three-month-old wiener dog puppy who's the cutest little puppy dog in Alamo Square. As for Starley's question of why I'm single— I like when they answer this one. I'd say that one half is being a late bloomer who's had to learn to reach out to people, and the other half is being baffled at dating in this city. I've been here for four years after living my entire adult life in Atlanta. Though I'm settled in, I still find the economics and social milieu of the Bay Area dizzying. I have made some strong connections, but nothing has come of them other than feeling a bit provincial and naive. Failing the above, if anyone out there has one of those fuzz faces that makes your guitar sing like Jimi Hendrix, this is your territory, David. I want it. I made one of my own long ago with some N-channel silicon transistors. Got lucky the first try and just gave it away on the assumption that I could do it again. I never did, and I've never forgiven myself. This guy made a a fuzz face clone and gave it away, and then he was never able to redo it? Yeah. (sighs) Stay away from this guy. I'm sorry. That's a huge red flag. I hate to undermine our misconnections, but come on now. Come on. Well, that was a long time Wait. ago, and I assume he's this person has grown. You're right, because he's he's capable of learning. Isn't it good that he did it the first y- you're time? You're right. You, you know what, Starley? You're it, right. Yeah. I take that back. Good for him. He's done listen, he's done more than I have. I've never built a clone. He's also 39, and I feel like it just gets it just gets so much harder. And um I really like that he wrote in. I really like that he's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. I really like that he's admitting, you know, that he would like to have someone in his life. Um, I like all that. So, so this is a bay. Bill. This is a Bay Area person. Bay Area Bill. Bay Area Bill. All right, got it. Okay. Hi, Starly, David, and John. Happy new presidential administrations. I can't use this person's name. It's it's a woman. I'm 33. I live in Brooklyn. And I'm ideally looking for a relationship with a man. I've been single for about a year and a half and haven't had much luck meeting people via dating apps during the pandemic. So when I started hearing people's personals on the show, I thought maybe it would be proactive to send one in, even though it makes me really nervous. I would love to find someone who makes me laugh as much as election profit makers does. I'm a writer, shy, but sometimes a wise ass, a night owl, and I love going on walks around the city, Nora Ephron, and smart conversations about stupid things. It sounded like some people sent in photos, so I'll attach one. This feels so weird to Send, but thanks. I'm happy to answer any follow-up questions. New York City Walker. Yeah, also Night Owl. I'm a Night Owl. It's a very particular thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, you can. T- my follow-up question is, are you looking for a fellow Night Owl or are you looking for someone who's like more the compliment oh, to the Night Owl? A morning owl. They can meet in the middle of the day to take walks when they're both awake. And also, as a Night Owl, did you enjoy during the election week and during Georgia elections, election weeks are such weeks for night owls. That's when being a night owl really pays off. Yeah. And you look around and at everyone else trying to stay up late and you're like, welcome to the lifestyle, the night owl lifestyle. Yeah. I'm asking her, the night owl, did you and did you feel that way about those weeks? Like it was night owl's time to shine. I guess your your her 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 name is Night Owl. We're calling her Night Owl. Okay. Okay, here's another one. Hi, Starly. In honor of the election profit makers misconnection spectacular, in search of a brighter future, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. A nice change from my typical dating strategy, hurling spaghetti at the wall. I'm 25 years old and identify as female. I'm from Los Angeles. I'm not particular about the gender of my future partner. I like taking long walks to nowhere, collecting pen pals, and experimenting in the kitchen. 
I'm looking for someone who is kind, well-read, funny, and enthusiastic about kitchen experiments. I'm not sure what, when, or where I'll be this time next year. It would be nice to find a person who is equally unsettled and are open to a major life change. I mean, I feel like that's most of the planet right now. (laughs) Many thanks to you and the boys for everything. Here's to hoping the world gets brighter bit by bit. She doesn't Mm. want me to use her name either, so... I guess Kitchen Experiments I mean, is kitchen her experimenter, name. Kitchen Experimenter, right? Yeah. Um, and also, you, you, everyone listening, if you hear these and have a particular person that kind of stands out that seems like they would line up with your interests, you can specify that. Yeah. We also got a few letters from mail carriers. We got two letters from them where they were, remember we had said, if there's any mail carriers who are listening to this while they're delivering mail, and it turned out they were. Yep. Not the mail carrier that we had read, but um, another Josh writes, it's a very common name for our... It's Josh is the new Kevin. Oof. Josh the mail carrier wrote, I just finished listening to your most recent episode and was compelled, directed to write by us. I'm a UPS, USPS letter carrier in central Iowa and was legit listening to the episode while delivering my route. More specifically, I was carrying my route in a foot of freshly fallen snow when you wondered how many letter carriers were listening as you spoke. At least one was. And then another one wrote... A mailman in northern Colorado wrote, it's funny, as you were mentioning that someone was right about to be dropping off a heavy package as you were speaking those words, I was walking into a student housing complex with a dolly full of parcels. And per your request, here I am responding from inside the mailroom. A dolly full of parcels about to be dropped off. I'm listening to a podcast and I'm loving my life (laughs) in Colorado. (laughs) Got a dolly full of parcels, baby. Remember that song? I guess it makes sense. You know, you got... There's 500,000 U.S. Postal Service employees. I don't know if they're all mail carriers. I'm sure they're not, actually. This mail carrier says, we mail carriers do indeed know all about podcasts, not just because we can sample many different podcasts, but because once we find one we like, we have all the time in the world to listen to the entire back catalog. Yeah, get caught up on that back catalog every single episode. Hold on, I have a message for these mail carriers. I want to recommend a new podcast. It's relevant to our current situation. My friend Enid has a new podcast. Enid's grandmother was a was a Hungarian Jew in World War II and survived the Holocaust. And then years later, Enid realized that her grandmother was also a spy for the Allies throughout the war in Hungary. So she made a podcast about it. This story is crazy. I think she also had an affair with a Bigfoot hunter, but I could be mistaking that with, with another friend's grandmother. But you mail carriers and anyone else who's interested, check out a new podcast. It's called How My Grandmother Won World War II by my friend Enid. If you want to hear about some real old school Antifa. This is the real, this is the real anti-fascist Hungarian grandmother shit, okay? So this is the rough stuff. Check it out. And then we have a few really quick corrections from misconnections that we I read on the misconnection spectacular. Ryan, the mail carrier, Ryan wrote... Um, I write hoping for just a small correction, although I really like my bit about crows. And when Ryan says that, by the way, Ryan is referring to me dropping off a joke that he made. Wait, this guy wrote in and complained that he put a joke in his email to us and we didn't read it with the rest of his email? He Well, he has another point he wants, another correction he wants to make, but at the start of that, he points out that I left out oh, a, a joke. Oh, this guy, woo, yeah. okay, okay. That's something, mm. you know, I'm going to be sending you out into the dating world, Ryan. You can let your own jokes go. But he says, I guess I said, I said baseball is one of his interests, and I guess it was actually baseball, a bizarre online game 
It is a simulation of a baseball league with all fictional teams and players, plus horror elements, and an immensely hardworking and creative community of fans. Never heard of it. He's not a sports guy, so he wanted to make sure that he wasn't being misrepresented as a sports guy. Duly noted. Okay, and then Jack, our first game is connection from last week, says he left out his age. He's 33 years old. Okay, good to know. Yeah, and there's a misconnection from Sam. And Sam says he emailed a few weeks ago saying he's looking for a misconnection as another member of the 23-year-old army and never heard back. And Sam, that was just, it just, that was an over, that, I, I, I think I, it just slipped through the cracks. I didn't mean to leave you out of the misconnections pile. Um, so Sam says, he said he was initially banking on his Calvin Coolidge fame. Oh, this is Calvin Coolidge, Sam. This is the guy who always writes us about Calvin Coolidge. That guy's 23 years old. <laughs> yeah, oh, my yeah. God. I thought he was in his 60s. Okay, Sam. I thought you were, I thought you were 62 years old with your obsession with <laughs> Calvin Coolidge. You're 23. It's also interesting because he, in his initial email, was banking on his Calvin Coolidge fame, and so he was a little bit hiding behind Calvin yeah, Coolidge. Yeah, that happens a lot. A lot of attention-seeking <laughs> behavior. I should know. I mastered this at a very young age. Yeah, and a lot of 23-year-olds trying to hide behind Calvin Coolidge. A lot of attention-seeking behavior is just you saying, please, somebody like me. Please, somebody notice me and like me. So this is, I feel like this whole, me not reading the, his message the first time led to this whole, like, soul search because mm-hmm. he said initially he was banking on the Calvin Coolidge fame. Then he was inspired after listening to others, to put themselves out there. He's had a hard time with romantic relationships his entire life. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is all connected. The hiding behind Calvin Coolidge is connected to how he's had a hard time with relationships his entire life. He's also only 23. Go easy on yourself, Sam. It would be very hard to not have had a hard time with romantic relationships at twenty up until the age of 23. I'm a funny guy, and I know how to talk to people, but something has always eluded me. I've spent my whole life thinking that there's something wrong with me because I don't have a girlfriend. My most recent attempt ended in a hurtful and heartbreaking experience. I spent my senior year of college on a rampage to find any romance whatsoever. Obviously, this was unsuccessful. I never got to go back to school and right my wrongs. Oh, God, he's living with that, like, imagine having a senior year that you kind of regret or feel like you made some mistakes in, it sounds like, and then it's followed by a pandemic where you just have to sit and think about that. No wonder he got obsessed with Calvin Coolidge and Calvin Coolidge's mechanical bull. Since then, COVID has forced me to deal with rejection in new ways in every aspect of my life. I've had a hard time finding a job and have been working at Quick Trip, which is obviously not the reason I went to college. So I like playing video games, watching reality TV, playing golf, and writing scripts in my head. If you'd like to learn more about the Calvin Coolidge lover, hopefully this (laughs) is enough to go on. (laughs) That's right. Lean into your brand. You got this. You got this, Sam. I feel like he... This is really putting himself out there. Yeah, that was good. I also think you should take those scripts out of your head, Sam, and write those down. You don't need to have them just in your head. Write them out. Oh, we're about to get so many Calvin Coolidge biopics on the front page of Variety. <laughs> Fourth Calvin Coolidge biopic in production. The nation craves more Coolidge content. Unstoppable ex-president from Mists of History is poised to take over silver screen. All four studios mention tentpole projects featuring Calvin Coolidge. I actually think what you should write about Sam is being a 23-year-old and thinking you have to know everything about Calvin Coolidge. Oh, that's a twist. Because you thought just you weren't enough. Mm. Mm. You had to bring in Calvin Coolidge as your wingman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like that movie like Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, but but with a stuffed Calvin Coolidge. (laughs) He's dragging him all over town. Oh, and P.S. David, I think I'm just going to buy a pedal on eBay to mess around with. Oh, 
I appreciate that. Do that. Great first pedal if you're interested in experimental stuff. Electro Harmonics Canyon Delay, the little one, not the big one. Gives you a bunch of different delay settings to poke around with, and then once you realize what kind of delay you like, you can invest in a higher quality version of that particular style of delay. So if anyone is looking for a cool beginner experimental pedal, I recommend the Electro Harmonics Canyon Delay. Oh, I felt good to say that. Is that what Calvin Coolidge would get? No, he would get like a compressor limiter pedal or something, so nothing's too crazy. And that's, that's what I got. Only thing I have to add to all of this is that we have made a successful pedal missed connection. You'll remember that Greg wanted to trade some Korg equipment for a tape delay pedal. I was very skeptical that that trade would ever happen. But kind-hearted Brian agreed to look into trading his old Boss Space Echo pedal. Not the original Space Echo with the actual tape in it, but Boss also made... Uh, a pedal equivalent of that iconic tape delay sound. And I'm happy to report that I have connected those two sound enthusiasts and I wish them the best as they exchange their pedals or come up with a mutually beneficial solution. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We're hoping to get our next EPM Movie Club episode out later this week. Our North Carolina movie spectacular curated by John Kimball. What was John Kimball thinking of as he watched Blue Velvet for the first time? Find out by signing up at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions, missed connections, and pedal inquiries and or offers to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We still have that relationship with Predict It. God love it. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. You can bet on these cabinet markets with us. And I think that's it for this week's episode. What a finely honed machine that was. I'm David. I'm saying goodbye. Have a terrific week. Hang in there. And I'll also say goodbye to Starly. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. And also to John. Goodbye, John. Bye. 